Hey, Rock and Rollers, it's Whiskey and Rock, a backstage pass to learn about whiskey and spirits and hear stories from industry insiders and rock stars, real-life rock stars. So get ready and join your hosts, D-Rock and JR, for the VIP whiskey experience you've been waiting for. Welcome to the Whiskey and Rock Show. All right, welcome to a new episode of Whiskey and Rock. Yes. And uh, I think this is one we've been looking forward to. Yes, yes, I we have. I think this is a uh, this is a whiskey brand that I think you introduced me to a couple of years ago. Yeah. So over at your house trying some mm-hmm. stuff and and you were really excited about them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you've since taken a few trips out to, to Denver, have. Colorado to to meet the, go to the distillery. Yes, I've been out a couple of times. Yeah. And try some stuff. And, and today we have Al and Sam from Law's Whiskey House on with us. Yeah, the guys, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, what what things like in uh, Denver today? Oh, she's hot. Yeah, it's hot, <laughs> hot in the distillery. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, yeah. I need again today. So yeah, I think it's ninety seven here or something. Yeah. So it's 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 brutal. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're so excited to have you guys on. Like like he said, I've been out there a couple times, visited with you guys, tried a bunch of stuff, and just really really like what you do. Brought my wife out actually a few weeks ago and she made the comment after we left that she was like, that distillery is like the winery of bourbon distilleries. It's like pristine, <laughs> the way they do it. It is a, it's another level. So there you go. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. Well, that's all Sam. He runs a tight ship over there. Yeah. It's beautiful. And just the way you guys do it. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a fun experience. Highly recommend it. Good. We're, we're going to have to take some listeners out. Yeah. We've been talking year. about it. Yeah. We can make some plans to do that. So yeah, before we get into the story and dive in, we've got about six things to try today with you guys over the course of the show and so we figured let's stagger those out through the show and the first thing we poured is the uh, four grain straight bourbon so give us a little bit of story on this as we get started sure this is our flagship and um the idea here from the beginning was to highlight all four american mother grains and to do it in a way that you know you you, you could actually taste them so a lot of process here a lot of trial and error to get that to happen but this is the number one thing that we sell and it is um a 60 20 10 10 mash bill so corn wheat rye barley and um yeah we want to try to fill in some of the gaps in the fabric of american whiskey right different mash bill techniques a little different we're making it in small batches but we want to be part of that you know the history and the rich history of American whiskey. And this is the, our, our foray, if you will. When you say, Sam? Yeah, and just like everything else we do, um, this is a sour mash whiskey, open air fermentation, double distilled in copper pot stills, and aged in full-size American oak barrels. So we're taking no shortcuts with this. Yeah, I, I love this one. As we're sipping on this, Al, what got you interested in wanting to start a distillery? Uh, obsession. Okay. So I'm pretty sure you two probably can understand that obsession with whiskey and wanting to do something we created something mm-hmm. and I wanted to you know build a cool team and and look out you know not for a short period of time but we've been doing this for 12 years and the original plan was takes 20 years to get this established and so we're over halfway that's awesome and what was your background before doing this i'm a financial economist okay by the oil and gas industry mm. <laughs> so there's a lot of similarities to what we do to <laughs> oil and gas. If you you know we wanted to get into that, but it's um, yeah, it's just something uh, that I did for a long time. I grew up around the oil and gas industry in in Canada, where I where I grew up in Alberta, which is like Canada's Texas, mm-hmm. and, and so it's just something I liked and 
ended up doing and move around Calgary to New York to here. And uh, yeah, spent 15 years doing that. And Sam, what, what about you? What's your, what's your background? Well, I've been doing this for a long time uh, since I was a young man, but I was exposed to home distilling as a, as a kid. Uh, I think I kind of always resonated with the rebellious spirit of uh, making whiskey. And then I grew up working around the craft beer scene and was exposed to a lot of awesome people and cool companies and was inspired to learn more about this and uh, work my way through it. Every day is a new learning experience for sure. Yeah. Now, now that was a four grain. Are, are all these grains grown locally? Do you source from other places or, or where, where, where are they coming from? No, they're all from Colorado. So okay. the corn's coming east of here from Burlington, grown by Whiskey Sisters Supply. And all the small grains are grown to Alamosa, which is like south of here in the mountains, in a mountain valley. And those are grown by uh, the Cody family farm and Colorado malting is, is where we get all these grains. So like our grain has r- real terroir, like or we believe grain has terroir. So the whiskeys showcase them. Um, the idea on the four grain is that at every sip, you get them all. So you get the sweetness of the corn yep. and you get this, I call it a penny metallic kind of bite. And that's the rye. And then you get this doughy, weedy, grainy, orange, all these kind of things uh, that come from the wheat. And, and then finally, the nutty finish is from the, the barley. And these are all heirloom varietals. So scarlet barley, centennial white wheat. So it's a spring wheat. And then SLB winter rye. Yeah. And these grains are grown for their flavor and not for big yields. Okay. These heirloom varietals are more costly and I think it pays off in the, the end result. I love this whiskey. I think the balance is really nice. There's enough sweetness in the mid palate. Um, there's plenty of oak influence. The wheat plays so nicely. It's, it's a tough whiskey to make because the rye wants to be so dominant. Mm-hmm. But our process allows for the other grains to shine through a little bit. Yeah, I thought, I thought especially on the nose, there was, the rye was really coming through on the nose. But as soon as you take that first sip, it's very sweet. And uh, and, and, and as Al said, the just kind of rolls through those flavors really nicely. Yeah. Now we've just poured the, we just poured that San Luis Valley rye, which your rye is, to me, is, is tough. It's tough to beat. I've got to be a rye guy, but I, I love this rye. And so this well, is just tough your, to make. <laughs> yeah, so this is just your straight rye, which is what, 90, 95 proof. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. The perfume is amazing on this. Oh yeah. There's nothing like this rye in the, in the market. And what's the mash bill on this one? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yep, it's a uh, it's a challenge to work with. Rye is very viscous, so mm-hmm. it it coats all the equipment. It's mm-hmm. harder to transfer around. It blows up out of the fermenters. Wow! Um, you'll you'll come in in the morning and you'll just kind of hear plop, plop, <laughs> plop. So you'll start your day pressure washing all the fermenters and the floor. <laughs> That's amazing. So it's half raw rye, half malted rye. Okay. The malted rye is malted on the farm. They have a malting company. They actually, I believe they're the first craft malting company in the country. There's a bunch of them now, but they were the very first ones. They've been around for, I think, 14 years doing this. Wow. Yeah, and I think a lot of people associate rye with just spice, right? Kind of one-dimensional. But there's so much going on to this whiskey. So it does have the spice, but there's a lot of vegetal notes. There's some cool fruit notes and plenty of sweetness to help round it out. You kind of get that green apple thing in there, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Or green melon even. Yes. And our peppery notes in it are more, well, like Sam said, veggie. They're more like Serrano pepper. So they radiate. They're not like got a cracked pepper, like black pepper or whatever. So, you no, know, it's, it's got a nice sort of 
finish to it that as you sip along, it starts to get more and more irradiant. Coats your whole mouth, starts to get into your breath. Mm-hmm. And every breath, you're like, ah, rye, rye, <laughs> rye. And you get some of the earthy notes towards the end, too. Uh, toasted rye, bread, leather, tobacco. Are you noticing rye picking up more as far as I've heard other distilleries say that they're trying to build up the rye presence and and kind of grow that to where, you know, not where bourbon is, but maybe get a little closer. Have you noticed this one introducing a lot of people to rye? I haven't tried it. Yeah, we get uh, a lot of folks that come in and, and say, oh, I don't even like single malt scotch or something like that. We generally pour them the rye and they're like, oh, this. I'm like, yeah, it's quite, you know, it's over half malt and. It definitely has those characteristics, some of the characteristics of single malt. Yeah. But yeah, I think rye continues to grow as a category. There seems to be more and more brands out there. Uh, most of them are are sourced, but you know, different business model. Um, and then all the large companies have started to make a lot more rye than they used to. But they're making it, again, on a much larger scale. Plus, it usually has corn in it. Right. So it changes the, changes the character of it and... And to us, it's, you know, you should be making all these things like in a real pot still. The column stills do okay for with rye, but I, we feel that, you know, malt whiskeys and, and ryes are, taste so much better and they come out of a pot still. Yeah. And as we get ready to try the bonded rye, one of the things I like about you guys and respect about that, I think you were going, was it three years before you had any product to the market because you did not want to source, you wanted to have your own product out there. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, three and a half years. Yeah, it took us. You know, we thought we would be ready at, you know, two and a half years. And then we get to that point. We're all excited. We're going to get this thing bottled and start into that part of the business. And, oh, we don't think it's ready. (laughs) And, you know, our ethos is if it's not incredible or extraordinary, it's not going in our bottle. So we had to go, oh, well, let's regroup here in about six months. So it took another six months or so. And then we were pretty comfortable with it then. So like three and a half years after we made our first batch, we put some in the bottle. And it went pretty good right out of the gate on that. And the acceptance in our home state was, you know, really material. And when we thought we had bottled enough for six months, it took two months to go through it. Wow. And then it was like batch after batch after batch. And today we've stabilized that a little bit, a lot more. We have a lot bigger batches and much better planning around it. But, uh, you know, when you come out of the gate, it, it gets a little bit crazy. And soon after that, we introduced rye. So we made bourbon for six, eight months from the, at the beginning. And in that, we did a couple test batches of rye and then thought we had it dialed in enough to lay down some of that. And so about, yeah, probably about a year after we uh, launched the bourbon, the rye came right after that. And it was a three, you know, two and a half, three years old. Also very good. And how many states are you distributed in? We're in 19, but that sounds like a big number when it's really not. Like there's probably five of those are special orders that come from either the control state regulator or something. And so they're not really states we're active in. We're only active in about six or seven where we have actually people Hmm. on the ground, like Texas, California, Illinois, Florida. You know, there's places where we have people who are her, you know, out there, you know, selling the brand. Distributors don't sell you, right? They right, just right. deliver you. So you need to have your own folks or a sales team or access to sales team or agencies that do that for you. Otherwise, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna get picked up and you're not gonna move. 
It's tough. It's it's very competitive business, as you as you know. Yes. So on this bonded rye, any big differences other than the proof points and the bonded on this versus the last one we tried? Well, three, four years of aging for mm-hmm. sure. And I think you can definitely taste that. Yes. Um, flavors completely change. And I think for me, the, the fruit comes on really yeah. heavy in the beginning of the sip. If you ask what we refer to as the village, the people who make up Laws whiskey, what the favorite is, I think the vast majority would pick this whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. This is incredible. It's highly decorated in the in all those competitions. It, I don't know. I think last year we entered it in seven things, and it won six double golds. And it does pretty well in those kind of those competitions. You can't ignore it. Put it that way. Yeah, it's crazy. Just being just a little bit hotter. It drinks hotter. Like it drinks a lot hotter. But yeah. man, there is so much flavor. Yeah, it's ridiculous how much more flavors in this than the than the standard rye. Yeah, some of that heat is the oak though too. It's the tannins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been in that barrel. We picked seven, like we moved this along when we started our bonded program. We started it pretty early. So by the time it hit four years is when we came to market with our bonded four grain and then our, our bonded rye. And we've been moving it up since there as we get enough stock and we settled in on, on that release, then we'll, we'll take the age statement up again. So we moved from there from four to six. And then seven kind of resonates with us on the rye. Wow. We can put out eight, but I think we're going to stay in the seven. In fact, the the bonded bourbon, which is eight, I think you'll see us move that between seven and eight year to year. Like the stuff that's seven or coming up on seven is a little bit different and we like it more. We're probably going to put out a bonded seven this, this spring on the bourbon side, just to try that. Wow. It isn't so much we're not caught up in the age statement. We're using it more so because people care about it, but to us, it really should be bottled on flavor. And, and so we, but, you know, we respect the fact some people don't want to drink a 12 month old <laughs> bourbon. Like they just don't, and I get that. And, and so it is a good, uh, you know, like to shine and say, you know, we made this, it's bonded and it's aged proper amount of time, if not more. And it's also um, in commercial quantities. Like this is, Shipped to all of our markets. And we, we talk a lot about terroir, <laughs> and that carries over to the aging here in Colorado, too. Uh, we pick up a lot of color and a lot of barrel influence quickly, mm-hmm. I think, compared to other places. Um, we talk a lot about the pressure changes we have here in Denver, the storms rolling off the mountains. And that kind of mimics the temperature swings that you see in other places. So that whiskey is being pushed in and out of the, the wood more frequently. Yeah, I was wondering what, what the... Uh... The altitude, what what that how that plays into the distillation and the aging process? Yeah, I think it, it plays a role throughout the whole process. Um, the climate in general, um, distillation, of course, you know, water boils up here at about two hundred three degrees, so it's a little bit different. Uh, we're at fifty two eighty, of course, Mile High City, but we see the altitude play a role um, in aging the most. Yeah, so I say these, these. I mean, all these bottles in front of us, the the color of these of these ryes and bourbons are, are phenomenal. I mean, they're so dark, it, for well, especially for being as young as some of them are. Yeah, if you think about it, like the barrel breathes, right? But it's a restricted respiration, and if you have massive, like our pressure changes here on the front range are numerous <laughs> and <laughs> and very dramatic. So if you think about the, the conditions inside the barrel and the conditions outside, it, it creates a, um, a force inside that pushes it in and out as, 
as um, Sam was saying about going into the wood, coming out of the wood. So we don't need right away. You're going to get the heat because we're in heated warehouses for the, for the barrels. And in the summer here, we're in a desert. This is an upper mountain desert. So it's hot. So you get the heat impact, which is a, a big deal in, in aging. But we're also getting this, uh, like, I don't know, like a, an extra force that is is pulling more out of the barrel quickly. quickly. So when it, when you get that out of the barrel sooner, it's in the mix for longer as you're aging, right? So you're going to get your oxidization as, as, it, as it evaporates and you have that interaction. You're going to have the infusion from the barrel, but you're going to get that sooner. So all those things are, are mixing together during the time it's in the barrel or the maturation period. So more things can happen. Yeah. Well, when I showed my Yoda, our two-year-old rye way back in the day, he's like, what's this? He's I'm like, well, it's the rye. He's like, no, this can't be the rye. We only made that two years ago. I'm like, yeah, that's it. He's like, well, how come it's so dark? I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> and that's when we looked into it. And it was really that because the, you know, the Tennessee and Kentucky that at two years, are they're a lot paler, right? Because yeah. they haven't had the time. And then, you know, they're not typically in heated warehouses. So there's that time during the winter where they're not active. And, and of course, it's it's also such a dry climate that we see water evaporate faster than alcohol does. So the mm. proof in the barrel is going up quite a bit over yeah. four or five years. Mm. And that that's going to affect the flavors you're pulling from the barrels as well. Yeah. Now, have you are you experimenting with like 100 percent malted rye or do you have any of this coming out? You know, we do a lot of experiments here. Yeah. If anyone wants, anyone on the team wants to learn something or try something, we'll always bring it in and, and make it. So yeah, we have some 100% malted rye that's aging. We have some cool rye that was made with a yeast strain that was isolated from the malt house. That's really cool. There's all sorts of experiments back there. <laughs> that's awesome. I have been in your warehouse, so I, I've seen some of that stuff and it's pretty, pretty exciting. <laughs> So I think the next thing we poured is one of my favorites. It's the uh, Centennial Straight Wheat Whiskey. It's the bonded seven years. You're at seven? Seven years. We had it out at five before for the last few years. And we got, you know, we got some different reactions to uh, the change. Uh, some people like the the five-year higher fruity kind of component to it. Whereas this one has more barrel influence, so it's more like, this is a great whiskey that happens to be made from wheat. Mm-hmm. It's not a wheat whiskey. <laughs> That's how we describe it. This is now at a point where we think it's a great whiskey no matter what, and it just happens to be made from 100% of the Centennial White Wheat. Mm. So it has those nice kind of wheat astringent heat. <laughs> yeah, that comes with big fruit notes, right? Strawberry, jam, uh, vanilla, shortcake, yes. cedar almost. The wood note yeah. comes in from me, Get some the tea. softer. Yeah. Yeah. And this is our summer whiskey. So it comes out in June. We only put out a small amount of it. It goes to all the all the markets as well. But this on a piece of ice is a cocktail already. Oh yeah. And it, it tastes particularly good cold because those orange notes come out and they almost become creamy. So it's like orange creamsicle. Hmm. So it's one of my favorite whiskeys that we make. Yeah, this is awesome. It's really good. And then you have on the one you you brought with you with the Curacao finish is just, that is a cocktail, basically. <laughs> yeah. You carry in that and you're done. But that one is um, something we worked on over the years, too. That's our third iteration of that. And it moves with the age of the um, the whiskey as well. So we're still using that same 
you know, seven-year-old whiskeys to make this stuff. And it's usually a couple of barrels aged in curacao and then married and then cut down with seven-year-old whiskey to get it to the point where we like it. Yeah, he hasn't tried that one yet, so we're, we're about to do that yeah, one. I'm excited, I'm excited to, excited to see what yeah. he thinks. Yeah. One thing I got to say, I, as, we, as we're trying each of these, I, I'm reading the tasting notes you have on your bottle. And I've, I don't think I've ever seen tasting notes this spot on. <laughs> it, it, they're 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 pretty they're pretty accurate yeah they're not overly flowery or no. trying to be all things to all bourbons but uh but man they're they're really good <laughs> yeah yeah well we we get the whole team together when we put these together uh and we draw from everyone's palate we have a very cool specialty aging program that our head blender james uh sees over we get these shipping containers shipped over from france we work with a cooperage out there that sends us some of the best barrels we've ever seen, Armagnac, Cognac, Calvados, and of course, Curacao. Yeah, those are hard to get to, the Curacao barrels. Most of the Curacao producers um, have moved to either large fooders instead of the small barrels. Mm -hmm. I think even some of them use chips and they just get their full you know, integration of that and then spin it out. So they get, they get that wood influence on them quicker. You know, and or more efficient space use, I think, when they use in the using the the French oak fooders. So if I'm reading correctly, this is this was only three barrels. So was this pretty limited this is the distillery and maybe Colorado or where did this go? Yeah, we like to have multiple things that you have to come to the distillery for. And this is one of them. We will in in the city of Denver and accounts, we will definitely sell them six pack cases of this and at wholesale too, but Generally speaking, it's it's for the tasting room to bring people in. And we have a brand new tasting room under construction, mm-hmm. God willing, if it ever gets <laughs> done, like we're a year into it already. But uh, that will add a, a level of uh, I don't know, sophistication where we can do more of these things and and make for a better interaction with, for people in the brand. Yeah, so this is JR's first time trying this one. So that's really good. Yeah, it was interesting. It's, it's, it's almost like the... Uh... Some of the spiciness that I got from the the hundred percent the the regular weeded bourbon is kind of tamped down a little bit in this one. I can still get that wheat mm-hmm. weeded bourbon flavor, but just that finish with the orange carousels just rounds it out really nicely. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. The creamsicle note on the bonded wheat, but you really really get it on the curacao finished wheat. Yeah, yeah, it's a great compliment. And how long did this sit in the curacao cask again? Oh, two three years. Okay, wow. so we have. Um, there's four more back there right now. We just got another eight curacao barrels that came like three weeks ago. They have to get filled soon. Um, but yeah, they sat there for probably two and a half years now, right now. In our finished program at the beginning, we did what I think most people do because they're looking at, you know, thousands of dollars of finished or ready to go whiskey that they're going to put into this, some, some finishing cast. And like, uh, so we started out with, you know, kind of a six month kind of finish. We got what we wanted out of that, but we didn't think it integrated enough. So then we started moving to like a year and, and now most of our stuff sits at least a year in a finishing cast and some of them go longer. And these ones, since we're, we bridge it with unfinished wheat whiskey to get it to where we want it, then we can live, let them sit there. And if they get too much carousel, we can adjust that. Mm-hmm. It's all part of the growing up and starting to blend your own stuff. Yeah. Learning about all these things. <laughs> Speaking of the blendage and the marriage of barrels, we've we've got the origins, which uh, the uh, intention, yeah. And 
And I tried that thanks to uh, Mark there. Let us have a little sample of that. And I knew immediately I had to buy one. And I'm very glad I did because. Yeah, you text you texted me from the tasting yes. saying I'm I have to buy one of these. Yeah, this is one of my favorite things I've had this year. So, tell us a little bit about this one. This is the uh, intention. I guess it's the 2022 release. Yeah, it's it's what we do every fall. I'll let Sam tell you about it. Like it was it was a project that we did. Well, it took three of us, you know, almost two months, right? Yeah, we spent a lot of time in the barrel warehouse, uh, and this whiskey is going to be constructed from some of our favorite barrels back there. Definitely some of our oldest barrels, but those aren't necessarily our favorite barrels. We get a lot of bright fruit and fun notes from the younger stuff. And I say younger in the range of around five years or so. And then we get so much complexity, body from the older, and of course, barrel influence from the older whiskey we have back there. So our intention was to try to have some of our favorite notes from everything. And it took us a long time to get there. (laughs) I, w- I won't say it wasn't fun, but we were very proud of how this one came out. Yeah, this is awesome. Now, is this a distillery only release? It gets some distribution, okay, but in very limited quantities. So most markets got six to 12 bottles and heavily focused on on-prem. So we wanted it in, in good restaurants and people with good whiskey collections. And we targeted that. In state here, it was distributed fairly widely. Yeah. I got to say the box that it comes in is pretty serious. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's a it's little bit of work open, to get right? that thing open for me. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've maybe improved that this year. Okay. So this year, the version of this coming origins release is a rye vertical integration. Oh. And so that just completed. We finished that like last week, right? So we figured out that was harder to, to vertically blend than the bourbon was. Believe it or not. And we see more variation in the rye crop year to year, mm-hmm. for sure. So that's not something that we shy away from. We welcome it. The rye is a little bit different because the conditions are a little bit different. We're buying all this grain from one valley in Colorado. So it will vary a little bit, but yeah. So the new one's called Cornerstone and it'll be released, I think, in mid-October. And it's um well, it's phenomenal. It's really great. Ray Rock's booking his plane tickets I, I'm now. I'm booking a ticket right now. <laughs> I'm coming out. But we didn't we didn't taste the bonded bourbon today, but this has some similar notes. We pick up big cherry notes when the bourbon hits about five, six years. And on this, it's really cool because it's almost like cherry and yes. smoked tobacco, cigar, leather. Mm-hmm. It's a really complex whiskey for sure. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah, so, that, you know, and like if you see on the back, it shows you the percentages right. of of the ages and also the barrel numbers that we that we used. And that's kind of a neat feature. So you can see like where it came from. Um, I think another thing we didn't mention about our flagship four grain is that from batch 28 uh, and on, and we just put batch 30 in the tank back there today, 104 barrels. And Every one of these since then has about under 10%, so 10-year-old in it. So we have our normal three and a half, four years, what the base of our four grain is. And then we top it or we float it with a little bit of 10-year to add some some oak depth to it. How long have you been distilling bourbon? 12 years. Okay. Yeah, just over. we're, We're in our 13th year now. We're two months in. Looks great. Yeah. So before we so wrap again, up, like what's what's next? What's coming? What's what's on the horizon that you're excited about? 
Well, there's a, there's plenty of things that we keep, you know, in our in our hopper to to make it, it fun for our whole team, especially our production team. So every year we have a few annual releases that everyone kind of rallies around. And the big one is the cognac finish, which is a Solera process where, you know, we take three-year-old bourbon, age it for a year in newly acquired cognac barrels, mm-hmm. ex-cognac barrels. And then we put those into a 50-year-old French oak cognac blending tank. And, and we marry those for a year. Mm-hmm. And then we take off about 40% of it in the fall. And then we immediately refill it with, again, four grain that's been aged uh, a year in, in a finishing barrel. So we get these layers of the cognac in it. Plus you get the oxidization and you have this overwhelming integration period that just continuously makes this thing better. So we're on our third iteration this fall hmm. and we're very excited about that. We have like a whole bunch of honey finish oh. bourbon coming, which is, you know, we give our bourbon barrels to an apiary here and they fill it with their honey. So they bear bourbon barrel aged honey. And then we get the barrels back and we recuperate them because honey dries them out pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And then we, uh, we put the bourbon in again, three-year-old bourbon and let them sit for a year. So we have fairly decent sized batch of that coming. That's a, that's a batch and a release that gets gobbled up within a week or so. Mm-hmm. It's actually pretty popular. And then we have like our tasting room, if it ever gets built here, like we're, we're well on our way, but that's something we're looking forward to. We're supposed to get the keys this fall, but we'll see. So that's another, you know, exciting part of things for us. What other things, Sam, do you have any other? We might have some cool variations on the burp and mash bill. Okay. Smaller runs of things that are reaching full maturity. So I'm pretty excited about those. Nice. There's Mm. lots out there. We're going to make another batch of malt whiskey. We do that about every... 18 months that might be it's not an area we're entirely super focused on but um, we have a lot of fairly aged stock you know upwards of eight years old and so we can do something with that but it's not a not a focus bourbon and rye are our main focus and then our next thing would be the wheat and we think there's more potential in wheat given the the palate of most uh bourbon or american whiskey drinkers I'm sure single malt will do well over time, but I still think wheat has more mm-hmm. more potential in terms of reaching people. And so many people like weeded bourbon already. Yes, right. This is just you know an exaggerated version. <laughs> yeah. One thing we didn't cover a lot. Talk talk about the price points real quick, just so our listeners know if they're going to the store and what to kind of look out for. Yeah. So our flagships are in that kind of fifty-five to fifty-nine dollar range, mm-hmm. which is a, a popular range, I think now, especially for craft. Um, and then the step up there into bourbon is usually in that $79 range. And then the cast strength we didn't talk about is, you know, 90, I think is the number. Okay. If you're talking to the people that are making it. We don't know anything about how it's sold. <laughs> That's a step up to bonded. Yeah. yeah. And so those are the, those are the three price points that we, we go with. And then, you know, the bonded stuff, um, we don't put out flagship versions of wheat or malt or anything like that. We only go with like a premium version. So again, we want to be known for rye and bourbon. Those are our, our initiatives are the thrust of what we do here at laws is are those things. And then, you know, continue to, to expand the flavor palette for people across the four American mother grains and give them flavor experiences that come from these grains and from the soil that they're grown in and the varietals that we're using, all that kind of great stuff. Yeah. Nice. One of the things I love is that the Colorado whiskey market is exploding. I think there's some great stuff coming out of Colorado. 
maybe talk about what's your place there in the in the Colorado whiskey market and kind of what you're seeing there in Colorado. Well, it's a great place to be a craft distiller because, you know, before craft distilling, there was craft beer and this is a mecca for craft beer. We yes. have tons and tons of breweries and this is, so we have a lot of people that appreciate the extra effort that goes into these things and appreciate you know how things are made, not just what the label looks like. And so we have a sophisticated consumer base and we have a lot of creative people who are, are into this. So that's a big plus in Colorado. Also, the environment is different. So you're going to get a very unique take on, on whiskeys. So we're, again, from the onset, we're not trying to make, you know, Kentucky bourbon whiskey. Mm-hmm. They already do that. And that's phenomenal. We're trying to add to the fabric and do something a little different. And we've done some some cool collaborations with local Colorado distilleries as well. We just released a wheat whiskey that we aged here in our rickhouse um, with, what, seven different distilleries? Is oh, that wow. right? Yeah. And uh, all those proceeds went to charity. So that was a fun project to work with everyone. That's awesome. Great. Yeah, so it's a good place to to make whiskey. And again, the the mountain effect is definitely real. And you see it in the color, but you also see it in the taste profile as we're adding from the barrel, as I said earlier, getting into the into the liquid sooner. Therefore, more things can happen to it as it matures. Yeah. So if our listeners want to learn more about everything you're doing, where do they go online? Well, they go to uh, lawswhiskeyhouse.com. That'll get them there. All right. And then there's a bunch of social media things that uh, I would love to tell you what they were, but I don't have any social media. <laughs> so, you know, there's places where they take pictures of stuff and send it. And what's that called? Instagram, Instagram. Facebook, Instagram. all that stuff. We're, we're on it all. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys, this has been awesome. Yeah. Thanks have- so much for the time and introducing our listeners to a bunch of new products. We're We're excited to get this episode out just to show your awesome products and talk about it. Yeah. I've really enjoyed tasting through these, these that we have before us. They're fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. We really appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. Well, cheers. Thank you for your time. And yeah, definitely. We'll be out there soon to visit with you again. Yeah. Come see us again. We've been a few times again. There's always something new. Yes, definitely. Sounds good. Thanks so much. <laughs> cheers. All right, cheers. See you guys. It doesn't end here. For all things whiskey and rock, and for info on how to join our Patreon, just visit our website at whiskeyandrock.com. And of course, follow us, share us, do it, like it, love it. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Whiskey and Rock. Whiskey and Rock is produced by Mead Man and is a Wise Company production. Our show is brought to you by Zoom. For more information, go to zoomcorp.com.